I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sales Team Rescue episode number, I believe we are 68. I am your host, Jeremy Demerchant, the Sales Team Turnaround Specialist. And today, I'm here solo today because I want to talk to you about something that doesn't get touched on uh, enough. Um, in our episode, uh, I think it was 66, uh, we talked with someone who touched on this, and that was the idea of of customer success or client success. But I want to take that idea of onboarding a client and making sure they're successful, and I want to spin it back and look at it from the perspective of how we can apply it to sales reps on our sales team. And this... Uh, this idea inspired me this morning because um, I was going through the process of developing a, one of the modules for my upcoming program, um, program that's basically designed to show people how to start their first sales team. And as I was going through all the pieces necessary, uh, the area that stood out most to me is the onboarding section, like the amount of things that you need to have in place to effectively to try to start a sales team, right? So I want you to, to think about um, the things that, that you may need when it comes to onboarding. So first of all, if you think about onboarding, this is the stage in the process where you've got your, you know, your systems are, are all in place as far as your sales process, your CRM set up. Um, you've got your communication channels and technology all built out. You've created the job descriptions, you've posted the job ads, you've got uh, people coming on board, you've hired people, and now you want to onboard them into your company. And so what does it mean to onboard? Well, it means that you need to have this person get to understand who you are, what you stand for, what your vision is. And this is your opportunity to forgive the language, but you want them to drink the Kool-Aid. You need to have them on side with you to buy into your vision. And hopefully part of this was done during the, the interview process. Because as much as they're trying to get the job, you're also selling them on your company. So when you get them in here, in, into your office, virtually or physically, and you're going through the onboarding process, you want to make sure that they, they drink that Kool-Aid, that they buy into that vision because their energy and their momentum is going to help them overcome a lot of challenges. Now, this is especially true if you're in a place where you are building a commission-only sales team. And a lot of these factors are even more important in the commission sales team space versus if you've got someone who has a base salary plus commission, okay? But I just want to go through a few things in the onboarding phase that I want you to consider. So one, and I mentioned this, the, the who, what, where, why, and how of the company. Okay, how did the company start? Why do they exist? What problem were they solving? Who is the person in charge? Um, depending on the size of your company, they may not have met the CEO, but if you're solo, you are probably the CEO and you've probably did, done the interviewing. So help them understand your vision, why you started the company and where you want it to go. The other part, and there's lots of other parts to be clear. Um, next, we want to go through and actually set 
the goals and the timelines for that role or that position. Now, some of this may have been discussed initially anyway through the interview process or when the job was offered, but you want to get really clear on expectations, right? Everything in life that ends in disappointment is purely because expectations weren't met. And a lot of the times, those expectations weren't set in the first place, so people were assuming. And that applies to your personal life, your business life, everything. So when it comes to a new hire, one, you want to be really clear on your expectations so you're not disappointed, but you also want to be really clear on uh, where, where their expectations are at so they're not disappointed. And then if you can over-deliver, then that's a win for everybody, okay? So set those goals and the timelines or milestones so they know, hey, this is the point when I'm off and running. This is the point when I'm going through you know, phase one of my training. And there's a couple things that I'll mention on the training side, but at least give them that expectation. It's like you're asking them to come to a meeting that's going to take six, eight, 10, 12, 15 weeks to get started, right? And you're saying, just trust us, we got this sorted out. But they can help, uh, you can help them adjust their expectations by giving them some kind of timeline. And if you're not bang on, that's okay. But give them that, that timeline and that space to be able to plan appropriately. If they're going to spend the first three days just learning product information, great. Let them know that. That way they can shift the mindset around and they don't have to go, when's my first call? Okay. Because no matter how good a salesperson says they are, the first call is always nervous or always nerve wracking. Okay. So keep that in mind. Um, the next part is identifying their personal and professional goals. So yes, they just got in the door and yes, they want to answer questions for you um, in a way that they think you want to hear them, but it's important to connect with them and understand where they're at. And the reason why is because this is where you build trust. So one of the like least highlighted pieces of running a sales team is developing that trust. And if you can, from day one, say, look, where do you want to go? How can we be a part of where you want to be? And if someone says, I want to be running my own company in five years, don't let that deter you. If someone says, I want to be working for a different company in two months, well, you know, that could be a challenge. But get a feel for where they want to go. What goals do they have? Do they want to buy a house, buy a vehicle, have a family? What in their world is important to them? And then you can use that to uh, position all the professional goals that you're going to set for them. Like, yeah, we want you to get this many sales. That's going to give you this much of a commission check. How much closer is that going to bring you? to getting that house, to being in a position to have that family, right? So you want to get to know who they are and what's important to them so you can align with those. Um, and onboarding, you're going to need to do some product training. And I call this product training version one because you don't want to just dump everything on them. It's super overwhelming. And the reality is they don't know what they don't know until they get into a conversation and they get a question that they can't answer. So if you can kind of do... Uh, I'm going to use the, the Pareto principle here into the 80-20 rule. What is the 20% of information you can give somebody about your product or service that will get them 80% of the way there? That's going to give them the space to, to think about things, to kind of run with it, to develop their own style. And the curve, and I've talked about this in a previous episode, the curve when it comes to a salesperson being successful at the start they don't know what they don't know. And so their default setting is, that's a great question, let me go find out. And it sounds sincere and it is sincere. Um, but then as, especially new salespeople get to know more information, they start to talk more and more and more. And they start to look at customers 
in a way that their job is to show them how much they know. And they info dump all over them. And that actually reduces sales. And then there's this sweet spot at the end where they go, well, you know, maybe when I wasn't talking so much and I was just asking more questions from a curious perspective, uh, you know, there's a reason why that was making me more sales. Maybe I should go back to that and just be able to draw on the answers that I now have when they're needed. And so you don't want to give them all that information because they're going to try to put it all into the conversation. You don't want your brand new sales rep to be in a place where they feel like they have to show the client or prospect how much they know. Okay, the goal of the sales rep is to put them in a position where they can ask the prospect as many high-level questions and empowering questions and curiosity-based questions as they can so that there's a relationship built so you can identify the problem and so ultimately your solution can be their solution. Okay, so... Product training part one, don't do everything. Get the 20% of content trained that will get them 80% of the way and then let them go and experience the rest. Get on the call, see what questions people are asking and then go back for part two, which is the other 80%, but then their minds are in a different space to absorb it, okay? Uh, make sure they understand the client journey. Where does the, the prospect come into your business? into the sales cycle. What does the marketing end look like? What's the process for moving somebody from uh, being exposed to marketing to actually engaging them with the sales team? Uh, what's the normal sales process? What's the normal length of the sales process? What scripts have you used? Uh, what templates have you used? And then after the sale is done, what happens next? Like let your team know that your customers or their customers and that they enroll, they're in good hands. And they can set that expectation for the customer as well. Back to, uh, you know, the disappointment in life comes from uh, improperly set or unmet expectations. Allow them enough information about what happens after the sale is made to be able to set that expectation. So your new client or new customer has a great experience and you can, um, you can uh, over-deliver when it comes to that experience as well. The bar is set here, but hey, come in over top and do a better job. But make sure you're setting that expectation because if your sales rep doesn't know and they're trying to make everything look phenomenal, like, oh, we're going to do this and that, we're going to give you the moon. And then they sign on and then onboarding happens for the customer. And they're like, oh, I expected this, 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 and this. Instantly expectations that weren't met, unhappy customer, buyer's remorse, refund. Okay. So make sure they understand the client journey all the way through so they know where they fit. It also is really beneficial if they need help from other departments on deals. If they need to reach out to, like when I was in the education space, we needed to get along with the uh, the registrar's office to make sure that uh, somebody met the admission requirements for, for the university degree that they're entering into. Right. So if you know where everybody else, or if they know where everybody else fits in the process, it gives them more power. It gives them the ability to get more support as they go. Um, next is systems training. Okay, so what systems are you going to use? Yes, the CRM is a major system. Um, if there, if you're doing contracts or agreements, what's the the document signing system you have in place? Um, is there a phone system built out? Um, side note: If you're running a sales team, you should be in a place where you can record uh, all your calls for quality and training purposes, and and make sure that your reps are getting better and better and better. It also is really good and. A lot of people go, oh, I don't know if I can legally record my calls. Let me just make it really simple for you. 
what I do is I get on a call or my teams, they'll get on a call, say, Hey, um, my, my team, my manager likes me to record these calls for quality insurance. Is that cool with you? Great. Bam. Push the button. Okay. Most systems make it optional. And when somebody calls you inbound, you can throw a little message at the front that says your call may be recorded for quality and training purposes. Um, if you don't agree to this then hang up, right? So there's ways around it. Check the laws where you're at. I'm not here to give legal advice, but people can appreciate that you want to document their conversation to make sure that what you're giving them or what you're telling them is what you're actually going to give them. Okay. Most people take comfort in it. As long as you don't go, eh, I'm going to record the call. Are you sure that's okay? Like, it's not a big deal. In fact, it's a better deal to record it. So you've got documentation for everything. Okay. Um, so that's systems training. Also in the systems, like I mentioned earlier, is the communication. Are you going to use, uh, you know, Slack or teamwork or whatever software to be able to communicate internally? There's a good chance that you're going to have more than one rep. In fact, you should never hire just one rep. You should always have at least two. Um, we'll get into that in another conversation as to why that is. But you want to be able to communicate so questions can be answered quickly and they can support each other. So especially in a world where most of us are now virtual or a lot of us are anyway, creating a system online that can replace or replicate um, or at least model daily huddles and weekly team meetings, we want to be able to get clear on what that process is, whether it's Zoom meetings or messages in Slack or a combination. Okay, do it all. Uh, but make sure it's all clear in your systems training. Then, of course, sales training. Okay, you do need to do the sales training. It doesn't matter how good the sales reps are that are coming in. You want to make sure that they are refreshed. And the best way, the best way in my opinion to do sales training is a two-step process. One is when you're telling them about your sales process, you can go into more detail on the sales conversations, the framework of the templates you've used. Um, if you're bringing on a sales team, please, please, please have some recorded calls that they can listen to, some recorded calls that you can turn into scripts so you can start them off somewhere. They don't have to stick with that forever, but give them a good foundation to, to launch their career with you with. And you can talk about the nuances that happen to come um, with the types of conversations you're having. But then there's this just core sales training that will happen and that'll be ongoing. Like, how do you continue uh, to, to get people to, to go deeper to find out what the true objections are when they say, oh, I don't have time or I'm busy or I got to talk to my spouse or my partner or whatever. The objection training, the, the posture training, how do you make somebody um, ensure that they're coming at the conversation from a, a place of leadership? How do you make sure that they're they're approaching it from the place of helping somebody find a solution or helping somebody make a decision. You want to ensure all this stuff so that you're consistently getting better results. Okay. Flatline results, although it, it looks stable, that's not what a sales team is meant for. You want to continually have your sales team improving and improving and improving month after month because of the support that you're giving them. Okay. So general sales training um, listening to, to calls, um, jumping on calls with them is a super easy way to do it. Just giving them feedback because as long as everyone's on the same team and you and your rep should be, you want to be able to help give them that constructive criticism. There are areas of opportunity where they can continue to get better. Okay, so I want to, that, that was a lot. Uh, that was what, six six different categories. So I'm going to go through them again. This again is what you need to have in place when you onboard 
a new sales rep, your first sales rep, your second sales rep, it doesn't matter. This is what's needed. One, set goals and timelines. I'm sorry, there's actually seven. Let me back up. One, have them drink the Kool-Aid. Okay, they need to buy into your vision because now they're going to be part of it. Two, set goals and timelines so that the expectations are accurate for them. Three, identify their personal and professional goals so you can link those back and make sure that, that the goals that you set for them are aligned. Four, product training part one. This is the 20% of your product information that will get them 80% of the way to that sale. Okay, the others will come in the second part. Uh, number five is helping them understand the client journey. Okay, they need to know every step of the way so that they can, one, set the right expectation for the clients, two, approach the conversation knowing what the client has already gone through, and three, create partnerships or synergy between other departments to maximize the success of your prospects becoming clients. Uh, the next is systems training, okay? Your CRM, your communication system, uh, any dashboard you might be using. You need to figure out all these pieces, the um, contract signing, anything at all. Uh, then the last one is the sales training, the ongoing training that helps keep your team on their game and continually improving. So guys, that's just the outline. And I basically just give you an outline for one of my modules in my new course. Uh, but that's the outline for one of the modules, the onboarding module in my upcoming course. So I want to share that with you because I think if I have you focused on the pieces, it'll one, allow you to think about how you can put this in place for yourself. But two, it's going to help you avoid bringing somebody on too soon when you're not ready and putting all the work and time in to get somebody prepped and it not being a great experience for either of you, okay? So that's module six of my upcoming course. Uh, shoot me a message. Let me know if this is uh, content that you love. Put comments below. Tell me what you thought of it. Put comments below and tell me what you are looking for uh, for future content as well. I want to make sure that the content I'm sharing is content that you want, all right? So thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Sales Team Rescue. Uh, I'm your host, Jeremy Demerchant, and remember, you can catch this recording and previous recordings at salesteamrescue.com. If you are watching us live right now, I'm super glad to have you here. If you are not, if you're listening to us on a podcast, um, I'm so glad you found us. And guys, you can get access to both the live recordings and the access to the podcast at salesteamrescue.com. And finally, if you want to book your own sales team blueprinting session with yours truly, you can find that at the bottom of the page at salesteamrescue.com. Have a great week. Remember, get uncomfortable, get results. We'll see you next year, Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Headspace TV. Cheers. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com.